You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good afternoon. Welcome to Conversations and Meditations. I'm your host, Virgil Ferrix, and welcome to the show. So let's get right into the show. It's just me today. So we're going to have a more of a, a personal conversation about something that I find to be uh, important to me, but also something that I notice a lot of people have trouble with, and uh, that's uh, building confidence, and particularly building confidence in times of uncertainty, in times of doubt. Um, so... I guess I'd like to start off with um, what do I mean by times of doubt, you know, and uncertainty? And I, I really think that the best way for me to put that is um, we can be uncertain about our place in life. We can be uncertain about our current goals, uh, our current actions, the way we treat ourselves, the way we treat one another. Um, I think essentially the uns- uh, in times of uncertainty and doubt are times where we're uncertain mostly about ourselves and what we do uh, and a- how we act throughout the world and how we think, but also in terms of um, really just not being able to figure out what's going on at, at a certain point in your life. So I do think that, you know, it's important for us to kind of, you know, d- dive into this and kind of get a little bit more um, of a I I would say an accurate look at this versus a more of a, you know, an emotional response and, you know, uh, one of one obviously of self-doubt and not uh, of looking at this rationally. So um, to quickly kind of go back in in history and go back in time, (laughs) I uh, did a podcast. Uh, I want to say it was the podcast that was called um, The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. And I do believe that was my uh, – I, I do want to say that was somewhere near the beginning of the, when I started podcasting. I think it was episode 12. And something that I I took from that show and you know from that book that it's based on by Nathaniel Brandon, uh, Dr. Nathaniel Brandon that is, is um, that – you know the idea of self-esteem, the idea of esteeming yourself as a value is – an essential, you know, point and understanding to living a good life and living a life that is, you know, prosperous. But we can talk about, you know, I did talk, we did, and I can continue to talk about self-esteem. But really, what is what is building? What does it mean to build confidence? You know, uh, and what kind of strategies can we take as individuals out there to make sure that confidence in our lives and within our actions is paramount of importance. So, you know, self-confidence is the difference between feeling unstoppable and feeling scared. Um, I would put it, you know, that your your perception of yourself has a huge impact on others and how others perceive you. So for a lot of people, you know, at least in the uh, this sense, you know, their perception is uh, their reality. You know, the more self-confidence you have, the more likely you'll succeed, the more likely you'll be able to take risks and not feel like you can't take the risks. So, I mean, you know what confident people look like, you know, the advantages that they have uh, and that they get is something that, you know, is worth emulating and worth, you know, taking time to look at and study and see why certain people who have, you know, high confidence or have, you know, a self-confidence that is healthy and is stable is important to have in their lives. Um, so I do think, you know, one one thing that we 
kind of we talk about self-confidence and what people try to avoid is um, there's a lot to say about posture. And I know this sounds like uh, a really old and um, let's put it a antiquated uh, way of looking at it. But, you know, the the way a person carries themselves or herself um, tells a story, you know, and, and, you know, it really does. And, you know, slump shoulders and lethargic movements to other people display a lack of confidence. It, it displays um, somebody who's not, uh, you know, their head is, you know, pointed downwards completely all the time while they're walking and they're not looking forward and their chest and shoulders are not pushed back. So, I mean, that is, I could, I would say, uh, for people out there that are looking at somebody who's, you know, having this type of posture, it looks like the person's not confident. So, I mean, like I said, perception for a lot of these people is, is very, um, uh, based on how they look at you and how they see you. The perception obviously has an impact on how they look at you in, in terms of your self-confidence. Um, but the thing is, like, should you care about the way people look at you? That's a really important question along with this. Because granted, you want to be able to put off and put out a, you know, an example or a – I guess an example of yourself to people when you first meet them. So one thing would be, like I said, good posture. You know, if you're, um, if you're meeting a person and shaking their hand, you know, having a, you know, looking them in the eye and shaking their hands and being attentive to, uh, what they're saying and how, what they're doing exactly. Um, and the thing is, you know, for a lot of this stuff at the beginning, for most people, you know, like the shaking of hands and looking, you know, I keep maintaining eye contact, um, having good posture. Really, at the beginning of a lot of this stuff, you're going to have to fake it till you make it. I mean, that's just kind of the way a lot of that stuff works, uh, particularly, you know, working on your posture, working on looking, you know, at people and I mean, eye, through eye contact and working at, um, you know, making a presence and, you know, letting people uh, be able to meet you, in, you know, at the best version of yourself. So I, I do think, you know, a lot of that has to be trained and has to, you have to work on it constantly. And, you know, remind yourself, like, if I'm slumping, you know, it's not good for me. Number one, it creates a lot of problems physically. Um, but two, it, it kind of, you know, sends a message to people out there that you might have, you know, uh, you might not be as confident as you portray. So, you know, like I said, eye contact as well is really huge, but also smiling. Smiling uh, signifies, um, you know, trust. It signifies, obviously, happiness. But it also signifies that, uh, you know, combination of those things that I am comfortable with the other individual that I'm speaking to insofar as I'm willing to share uh, my emotions around them. So that makes other people feel more comfortable and makes mo other people more willing and able to approach you and more willing and able to uh, whether it's do business with you or whether it's to go on a date or I mean any of these things. Um, so hmm, imagine – Hmm. Imagine the course of your life might take if you can silence your inner critic. And I remember talking about, you know, how to stop being your biggest uh, critic and start being your biggest fan in a couple podcasts or more than a couple podcasts ago. But think about your life, right? Think about let's do a little thought experiment. Think about your life. Think about how it's been, you know, how it's gone over your over your time. Um, and think about the inner critic inside you. Think about what it does to your uh, abilities. What does it do to your overall um, risk taking. Uh, what does it do to your overall um, hopes and wants and your goals and your dreams, your passions? Uh, where does it drive you in terms of relationships? Where does it drive you in terms of your career choice? Think about that inner critic. Now think about that inner critic now being silenced. What would your life look like? How would you react to certain things? Would you have a? Would you take more risks? Would you be more willing and able to, you know, uh, put yourself out there and approach people? Um, would you be more um, able to look at, look within yourself and, you know, work on the stuff that you need to work on rather than just, you know, criticizing yourself and just moving on, you know, like most people do? Um, so, like I said, there's a lot of things that – go into building confidence and different confidence building strategies. Um, so another thing is, you know, that people talk about building confidence and helping them build confidence is, you know, dressing, dressing to impress in a way. Um, 
so the honest truth is no one is more conscious of the way you look than you. And I think everybody knows that. Uh, and depending on the circumstance and all these other things, if you ever, if you've never taken the steps to improve, you know, your wardrobe in the past, or you may not realize really the dramatic effect that it can have on your confidence levels. So what do I mean by that? Do I, am I saying that purely materialistic things will make you more confident? No, I don't, I don't think that's exactly true. I don't think that can be true. I think you have to create an environment that can help your confidence grow. And the environment can be an environment of, you know, um, self-doubt, you know, the inner critic going crazy and, you know, you know, telling you all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, it can't be an environment where you allow yourself to be comfortable all the time. What I mean by comfortable is, you know, uh, you're not willing and you're not willing to um, push yourself to change and to grow. That's what I mean by comfortable. You know, a lot of people just become comfortable and don't put in the work and effort to change and grow because of that comfort. You know, and I can totally understand that and totally see how that can feed into uh, a lot of this stuff. Um, but, you know, like I said, when it comes to dressing a certain way, um, when you when you think you don't look good, you know, it, it affects the way you carry yourself and interact with others. Um, when you when how you appear is in sync with how you want people to view you and how you view yourself, essentially, it's, it's really important for, you know, to understand that the confidence really flows wonderful and uh, much easier. Um, but what do I mean? by flows and, uh, you know, becomes more easily accessible. Um, if you have, so everybody has an image of themselves in their head, whether they love that image or hate that image or is working on that image, everybody has that image. And, um, it's really important to look at that image and see whether or not you're happy with it. So certain people might, you know, be overweight. Um, certain people might, uh, have, uh, you know, a certain uh, way they dress. There's a lot of things that affects the way you look at your self image. But if you're, you know, and the thing is like, if you're overweight and you know, it's not affecting your health and you're, you know, a few pounds over you know, and you, you decides that it doesn't affect your self confidence, then yeah, I don't see, I mean, obviously take that as first as for your health, of course, for any and all of these uh, examples. But I think, you know, something to put into, into practice is, Anything and everything that you like about yourself, maximize that. Continue to, to, to push that forward and continue to do that more and more and more. And then you'll end up liking yourself more. But the, and the things that, you know, cause you to, you know, look at yourself and be like, ugh, I kind of don't like that aspect of myself. Ooh, you know, I don't like the way sometimes I, uh, I tend to, like, not care about, you know, appearances or not to care about certain things. And, you know, a lot of that can you know put you in a or keep you in a certain mood and keep you in a certain place, you know, having this negative view of yourself and the image you have in your head of yourself. So I think, you know, find out the image of yourself that you want to be and be that person. And that includes, you know, your posture. That includes, you know, the way you approach people and, you know, being being able to be approachable. That includes, you know, dressing and, and looking a certain way. Uh, you know, physically in order to feel, you know, more comfortable in your own skin. Um, you know, another another really important uh, thing that I think people don't um, understand when it comes to self-confidence is whether or not you're in fantastic health and in great shape or you're in a bad health or in bad shape. If you can motivate yourself, you know, into an exercise routine and stick to it, it'll add tremendous amounts to your self-confidence. It'll add tremendous amounts also to your self-image. And I would also make the argument that it will add tremendous amounts of uh, meaning and importance in your life because you're seeing, you know, it's, it's a, you're, you're competing against yourself. And as you know, I recently started um, having a, a pretty strict workout routine over the last um, year now almost and I can't tell you what it's done for my for my mental you know state. I can't tell you what it's done for um, my my overall energy levels and strength levels and being able to you know go throughout the day and not feel as tired. 
I remember time before I was exercising as much and how lethargic and, you know, how, you know, um, it kind of you, you're kind of in a clouded mindset when you're when, when you're like that, when you're not, you know, getting yourself active. Human beings are by nature a very active species. I mean, historically, you know, the way we used to hunt you know, in the in the Paleolithic era was we would run miles and miles and miles uh, with a herd and then, you know, eventually run, you know, they would get tired, and but we would be able to, you know, keep up with them and then be able to eat. So, you know, human beings going long distance, you know, endurance stuff, that is, that was, you know, a very common thing for humanity. So to kind of remove that from ourselves today kind of, you know, cuts an essential part or essential aspect of what it means to be human. So, you know, finding a exercise routine that, you know, is not, you know, is 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 sustainable number 1, is realistic number 2, but also something that will continue to challenge you week after week after week. And you know, the combination of it changing the way you feel physically the combination of changing the way you feel mentally, you know, by, you know, declouding your head and kind of relieving a lot of stress and tension that is being built up throughout the week, especially if you're working or in school. Um, and then, you know, being able to see the benefits uh, later on through, um, you know, whether it's, you know, losing pant sizes or, you know, or, you know, getting a smaller shirt or whatever it might be. All those things in, in tandem, you know, the health aspects, the mental health aspects, the idea that I'm competing against myself and I'm sticking to a thing. I gave myself some responsibility and now I'm, you know, acting on that responsibility and continuing to stick to the routine. All these things in tandem has risen my self-confidence over time, but I think it can raise yours as well. And I, I, I think it's important to to take the distinction between you know, doing things because you think it'll make you feel better and doing things because it actually makes you feel better. So like I said, if most and everybody I know that does work out and whether it's, you know, going for a 10 minute walk, 15 minute walk, 30 minute walk, hour, whether it's lifting weights, whether it's doing circuit training, I mean, I don't care what it is, you know, elliptical, I don't, I don't, I don't care what it is. Most of the people I've talked to have told me and reported to me, and there's a lot of evidence out there to show that. You know, if people are depressed and you exercise, that it can really help with depression. And in some cases, um, it can get people out of the, you know, the funk that you know, and the and the kind of the endless hole that they feel in when they're in a depression. And uh, I've heard this from anecdotal uh, testimonies from from friends and family. But like I said, there's also a ton of evidence and data out there to show that exercise does have a lot to do with your mental well-being and your mental state. And if your mental state's right then your self-confidence will increase because, you know, if you're depressed, you can't, you cannot work on your self-confidence. It's just not, it's not, you're not, you're not able to, it's just not possible because, you know, you're in this mindset and this mindset is going to, you know, pretty much prevent any and all other mental exercises that require full attention, like, you know, working on your self-confidence, like working on your self-esteem. So like I said, get active. You know, if it's – like I said, if getting active and staying healthy were easy, you know, everybody would be doing it all the time, but we don't. You know, not everybody does that. Um, you know, like I said, the effects of working out on your – you know, working out on your confidence are I, – I mean, like I said, it's so overwhelming, it's, it can't be understated. You know, you're, when you exercise, your body, you know, realizes the endorphins that are making you feel positive. It takes this in. I mean, when you go for a run, you get they call it runner's high, and all this other stuff. I mean, this stuff is is real and is tangible. And I think you know the aspect of competing against yourself is something we need to take into effect, especially when con, you know considering talking about um, you know building your building your self confidence. Um, another thing about building your self confidence is you know one thing I can tell you that's helped me tremendously over time. So one thing that I was having problems with, I would say hmm, maybe six years ago, seven years ago, maybe at maximum, I was, you know, in college and trying to, you know, find my way, find what I wanted to do with my life. 
I, I, you know, was, you know, freshly broken up with. Uh, there was a lot of questions on who I wanted to become as an adult. There was a lot of questions on what did I want to, what do I want to do? Uh, and how did I want to change myself and the, and the world around me, whether it's, you know, in the microcosm or the macrocosm. And one thing that I can tell you is at that time, seven or six years ago, I was very, I mean, I had this, you know, arrogance in the sense that I thought I knew a lot of things and I thought I understood how things worked. And I believed that, you know, and it was, it was arrogance that I believed that, you know, this is the right way things are. And da, 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 da. and what I found out over time is how wrong I was and how much, I, how much I, how much I didn't know. And uh, that put me on a quest for learning, learning outside of, you know, university, uh, in grad school, learning outside of all of this stuff. It, it, it drove me to learn on a different level, becoming a lifelong learner, getting back into reading, getting back into um, activities that were, you know, could be seen as intellectual exercises, like going to a seminar, going to a, uh, a, a discussion that Richard uh, Dawkins is at or Sam Harris is at or, you know, Eric Weinstein is at. So, yeah, I mean – those type so that you know realization that how little i knew and how arrogant i was that i thought i knew everything and you know here's a fact about life you know we i the listeners out there we might have or might think we have a lot of knowledge in our heads and we know everything but everybody on the world is you know completely oblivious to 99% of human knowledge you, me, everyone is oblivious to like 99% of human knowledge out there. And there's no way we'll be able to get it. So all, you know, <laughs> but we can get some. And I think it's important to listen, to read, and to increase your your mind. Because if you're increasing, like I said, you're. we talked about exercise and what that, you know, increasing uh, – your vitality and all this stuff when it comes to uh, the exercise itself and how it can actively change your mental state. I think that's, like I said, it can't be understated and, and uh, it's super important. But I think there is also a thing to talk about mental exercises and, you know, getting your, you know, getting yourself to a place mentally, you know, cognitively, let's put it that way, that you feel like you are informed about things, but you know, you're still learning. And, you know, like I, you know, a big part of the show is, you know, trying to find truth, you know, looking at the evidence, looking at uh, the data, and then taking that data and seeing if it gels or works with our, with our current worldview. And if the data and the worldview are at odds, I'm going to have to change my worldview. See, that is a you know a essential feature of being a lifelong learner but at the same time it's super humbling why do i bring all this up why do i say it's important to have you know to you know to do mental exercises and cognitive exercises and grow your grow your brain and grow your thoughts and grow so if you want to be an individual that is trying to make a make impact uh, particularly impact uh, in people's lives, I think it's important to be knowledgeable about a few various topics and subjects that we deal with and that people bring up and that people talk about, whether we deal with it directly or indirectly. You know, that's why I, I started this show because I, I do think it's important for people like myself and like you to hear and learn about things that, you know, we don't necessarily hear at university or in high school or whatever. We don't necessarily hear being, you know, talked about in the in the media. We don't necessarily hear being talked about, you know, uh in movies or documentaries. You know, that's why, you know, I think podcasts are so powerful because they can allow people to gain information that they didn't have prior. So I like I said, listening and learning, you know, specifically listening to motivational um knowledge-based discussions through podcasts through you know like I said through books um going to a like a like a, a speech like I did uh, with uh, Richard Dawkins going to those things 
challenge you because they challenge your assumptions. They challenge the way you think. But it, it's also an opportunity for growth. And I think one thing about building your self-confidence is the more you grow, and particularly, and I, and this is a big part of it, the more you grow, whether it's emotionally, cognitively, you know, other, or other types of mental growth, the more you have an ability to respect yourself, to respect your abilities, and to respect what you're lacking. And that right there is the epitome of confidence, is the epitome, because, you know, if you take the word, you know, um, confidence, right, and you want to define it, it's, you know, the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. It is also, you know, another word is firm trust. Firm trust. So if you have confidence in your mental capabilities, you have firm trust in your mental capabilities. That means you can take, you know, a an explosive topic like we had last podcast where we talked about separating the art and the artist and being able to use your rational faculties to come together and then figure out how to approach a topic like that that is so, you know, radioactive. But if you don't do the work, you can't look at the problems at in the world or the problems in your life or the problems, you know, within your family or friends objectively. You just can't. You just can't look at them in the most, you know, unbiased, honest way possible. And the way and the thing is, like, when you can't do that, you have, you know, you tend to you tend to judge yourself, but you also tend to uh, not really trust your methods of deliberation, your methods of reasoning, your methods of taking a problem and deducing it and, and you know, making it simpler and understanding the, uh, the nature behind it. You know, if you, if you can't trust that part of yourself, then you can't trust yourself at all and you'll never be able to build self-confidence. You might be able to build short-term self-confidence, but not long-term self-confidence that goes on for years and decades to come. So I think, you know, as important as, important as exercising is to self-confidence, Mental exercises, cognitive exercises, emotional exercises. Like I said, learning is essential. But another thing that, you know, really helps with confidence is self-knowledge. We talked about knowledge around the world. We talked about knowledge throughout um, society. Knowledge, you know, whether it's economics, history, pol- whatever, philosophy, politics, psychology. That's great. That's some really important things. And they help us understand the world that we live and help us understand the people that live in the world you know, us. <laughs> but the most important thing, like I said, when you talk about knowledge is not to forget that the external knowledge is super important. Sure, it is. But most people forget that the internal knowledge is also a important factor to self-confidence. Now, what do I mean by self-knowledge? What do I mean, what do I mean by this internal knowledge that we have and that we can develop? So... I think it comes down to understanding that regardless of, you know, where you might be in your life, regardless of how you look at yourself or how you um, view your situation, you being honest about your life and being honest about the trials and tribulations and the successes and failures in your life, being honest about that stuff is self-knowledge. So if you decide to, you know, go to university and, you know, let's say a lot of the classes you have are going to include and have a lot of uh, group work. You know, I was, you know, I was at school, uh, university, and a lot of the classes I took, you know, had group work. And a lot of the people in those groups decided not to do any work. And let's say you're one of those people. Now, you that tells you, I mean, that should tell you something about yourself, right? It should send you a message about yourself. But the most people who are in that circumstance, who are not, you know, participating in the group work and not trying to help out their group, what do they realize? Most of the time, they don't realize anything and they continue doing that over and over and over again and then take that into the business world. And they become a, you know, an automaton, <laughs> just, you know, randomly clicking at things on their screen. What self-knowledge is, is I'm doing this and you know what? It's really hurting 
my team, hurting, or, you know, possibly hurting our grade. It's not fair for other people, but it's also not fair for myself because I'm just, you know, not getting any information. I'm just, you know, moving forward. And that's, you know, that's a big problem with school in general, but I'm just moving forward. And I'm not, you know, an engaged participant in this life. I'm not an engaged participant in this, in this endeavor. And I think when, when somebody goes through a situation like that and they're able to realize that, then that is the steps towards building self-confidence, towards fixing the, right, you know, the wrongs and making them right. But that can only be done if you have a certain amount of self-knowledge. But if you have zero self-knowledge and you, you have no idea that this – I mean if you're just completely oblivious to you know, the way you affect your – the way you affect the other team members and the way you affect their, you know, the grade and the way you affect the flow of the project, um, then you can't really ever make the necessary changes to learn about yourself. And, you know, that's a lack of confidence. I mean, actually, a person who does something like that has no respect to them, for themselves. You know, they are they're willing and able to put themselves on the line and let everybody know in the group and the professor that, you know, hey, I'm a lazy person and I'm OK, you know, having other people do my own, do my own work. That's what that signifies. That's what that says. And I think, you know, if you think about it deeply it's not a very positive, confident thing to be thinking about oneself, but that's essentially what is being what 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 is somebody is somebody is admitting when they you know leave that circumstance. And obviously, I'm using this example because I think it's a pretty good one, and I think it's relevant to a lot of people, uh, whether they're at work or whether they're at school. But this stuff happens to everybody all the time, all the time. And I, I don't think it I don't I don't think it would be fair for us to not mention the fact that a lot of people when they're doing wrong and things that are disrespectful to others and themselves most of the time they're not realizing any of this stuff and you know this is destroying their self-confidence slowly over time it's destroying their ability to trust themselves it's destroying their ability to believe in themselves to believe in their abilities to believe in their in their will to believe in their overall ta- you know task and you know and their skills and all this stuff. So, I think it's essential to 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 look at that and and to feel that, you know, there is an important understanding here and you know, getting the external knowledge is great, but the self-knowledge is really what's key to making all this work. Um you know, and a big thing about self-knowledge is, you know, I trust in me. I believe in me. You know, we, you know, why, you know, why is it, you know, people ask, why is it important to have self-confidence? You know, I talked about the external characteristics of self-confidence a little bit, but something to talk about, you know, is, you know, self-confidence, self-confident individuals, like I said, trust their own abilities, have a sense of control of their lives and believe that they'll be able, you know, to do what they wish, what they will and plan and expect. You know, self-confident individuals have expectations that are realistic. Even if those are not met, they continue to be positive. That's really important. You know, having expectations, everybody has expectations, whether they try to say they don't or they, or they do. Everybody has expectations. But nobody is willing to take the time, or not nobody, but very few people I would make in the argument, is willing to take the time, is willing to take the time to investigate why that you know why their expectations are or are not realistic they're not willing to you know push themselves to understand or you know to understand or maybe investigate why their expectations are not or are realistic but another part of that what i just said you know even if those expectations are not met in their lives Self-confident people continue to be positive and continue to move forward. And that's a big thing. In the eyes of doubt, in the eyes of failure, in, in front of failure, you know, experiencing that failure, experiencing that, you know, negative side effect of living. Because failure is a negative side of being a human. We all fail. It's part of being human. It sucks. It, it you know, really, it can it can really bring you down. Emotionally, it tends to really... Uh, 
crush people. But, you know, self-confident people don't let, you know, failures bring them down and stop them from living their lives and stop them from succeeding. And I think that's a big difference between, you know, having a winning mindset and having a losing mindset. So, you know, individuals who lack self-confidence will always find it difficult to be successful. And I think that's another important thing. You know, I mentioned, you know, people who are self-confident tend to be much more successful. But, you know, people who lack self-confidence tend to not be very successful uh, because they don't take the risks because they don't, they don't believe in themselves. They don't take it to the next level. So self-confidence gains the attention of others, like I said, uh, so that an individual's talents and skills have the chance to shine, whether it's at a, you know, at a, you know, at a university, whether it's at a uh, sporting um, event. Whether it's in uh, music, art, it could be anything. But like I said, self-confidence gains the attention of others. It really does. And through that self-confidence, the person themselves, their talents, their skills, their abilities will shine. But only because their self-confidence has taken it to the next level and has allowed that to be a showcase in their life. You know... I think it's important, like I said, you know, this discussion is essentially about self-confidence in a time of doubt. But I also want to make this discussion today about evaluating your own self-confidence. But um, I think, you know, finding a an approach to building it is important, strategy to building it. But evaluating your own confidence today, your self-confidence today, I think is really important too. So I would say that you know, self-confidence is the quality or state of being certain in one's self and one's powers and abilities. So it's similar to confidence, but more so directed towards oneself. Um, I think, you know, we can talk about the personality traits of a self-confident person. And I would, you know, I would say there's 10, you know, and I think, you know, it goes from being self-assured, having ambition, being sociable, uh, being competitive. Taking risks, being a risk-taking individual, hardworking, determined—you know, determined. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, accepting, shrewd, positive. I think these are the personality traits of a confident person, and I think those personality traits allow people, allow individuals to shine. Whether it's through, um, whether it's through their work, whether it's through music, whether it's through any type of endeavor. It allows them to shine. These specific 10 personality traits. So I would say you know, if you're a professional out there, um, self-confidence is part of being a professional. And it's good to be professional at school, work. I think it's very important. You know, and confidence allows a person to represent their school organization or business business well so like i said you know displaying self-confidence will help others to trust in a person's knowledge and abilities um this will make the individual a more effective team player <laughs> this also might help a person get a job or a position that they really want um displaying self-confidence means a person feels good um when someone feels good they perform well and they do well in their activities that they want to do. Um, like I said, uh, we talked about good posture. We talked about dressing sharp. Um, we, I, I'm going to mention about another, you know, uh, eight different things that can help you build self-confidence. So I think, you know, one thing is uh, as, a, as a physical thing, as a physical characteristic, is walking faster. Now, it might sound funny, might sound a little stupid, but it's an easy way to tell, I mean, just by looking, it's an easy way to tell how a person feels. Slow, if a person's, you know, walking slow or sluggish, either they're tired or they're in a lot of pain. Um, someone's walking fast, they're energetic, they have a purpose, you know, places to go, people to see, you know, even if you aren't in a hurry, I think you can increase your self-confidence by putting a little pep in your step and if it doesn't 
you know, allow you to, you know, walking sluggishly and dragging your feet behind you is not necessarily a good look, number one, but it, it, I mean, more so for yourself, you know, dragging around your, you know, this meat vehicle through, through the world rather than taking it and moving forward through the world and moving forward through space confidently sends a message to yourself not, and not only to others. So I think it's important to realize that the message isn't just to others. You're sending a message to yourself too. So as, like I said, dress sharp, having good posture, and walking faster. Um, I think another thing that can help you build self-confidence is being appreciative and having gratitude for the things that you do have, the abilities that you do have, and being appreciative and you know and grateful for those, and you know not being can you know angry, contemptful, and all this stuff for the things you do not. Um, I think that's really important because if you don't have gratitude for the current abilities, the current position you're in. You can never build. A, you can never build upon it. If you're not happy about the place, at least a little happy, or at least I'm at, at least being able to say I'm at this point in my life, and I'm grateful for the things that are working out. There's things that are not working out. Some of them are in my control. Some of them are not in my control, and I have to do everything in my power to make the things that are in my control good, so I can be grateful of them as well. So having gratitude doesn't only you know, allow you to appreciate the things in your life, but having gratitude can allow you to fix the things in your life that, you, that can be fixed by you. Granted, there is a, there's a lot of things in our lives that we have no say, or not, not no say, I would say, or not, not a direct, we can't directly change things. We don't have full control. We might have minor you know, control over it, but we don't have full control. And when you don't have full control over a situation in your life, whatever you do to change something might or might not actually have an effect. It might have a little effect. It might have the counter effect. So it's, I think it's important to realize that this gratitude can allow you to change the things that you do have a major effect on. It can allow you to be grateful for the situation you're in, to be grateful for the people that are in your life, and to be grateful that you have another day to go and try to be better. You have another day to go and build upon the person you are today for the person you want to be tomorrow. So gratitude goes a long way. It goes a long, long way. Um, another thing that can help you build your self-confidence is it's enunciating, speaking up. When you feel like you're in a discussion with people and there's, you know, we, this happens a lot with me. I'm discussion with a lot of my friends. We're sitting down having beers or whatever. And, you know, a lot of people tend to either just sit there and listen and not speak up because they're afraid of how other people will, you know, view them and whether because they might say something stupid, they're afraid of that or there might be people might disagree with them and not like them anymore. They might think that, which is irrational. Um, so I think it's important for people to speak up, speak up. Let people know how you feel about certain things. If people are talking about something and they ask you about your opinion or if your opinion can be interjected in there, put your opinion out there. Whether it's factual, not factual, you learn and it allows you to build self-confidence. But it also allows you to speak because you're actually speaking to a group of people about your own idea, about your own opinions, and it allows you to better develop your, the way you deliver a message. And I think it's important to, to build all these things because if you're able to, you know, get the courage, get the self-confidence to speak up in moments that need to be spoken up, that you need to speak up, that's huge. But also you're developing your ability to speak to others and accurately and cogently give your information to others and being able to put it in a nice package that everybody can take. And, you know, say, hey, that's right. I think that's cool. Or saying, hey, I think it's wrong. This is what I would change about that opinion. So I think it's important for, and it's a self-correcting thing, right? If you speak up and somebody is out there is more knowledgeable than you on the topic, it's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to grow. So that's fantastic. And if you know a topic pretty well or know something pretty well about a situation and you, you end up speaking up about it, it, it allows for opportunity to learn as well because now there's a conversation, 
And, you know, the whole point of the show, Conversations and Meditations, is to have a conversation with one another and then meditate on what we've learned. So I think that's essential. Um, one thing that, one thing that I find really interesting. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. I mentioned exercise as well. Um, I think complimenting other people. Now, why do I think complimenting other people is something that can increase your own self-confidence? It sounds kind of weird, but here we go. I think it's kind of, you know, counterintuitive to think that. So when we think negatively about ourselves, we often project that feeling onto others in the form of insults and gossip and uh, and even those insults and gossip might not manifest themselves in the world. Like we don't, we, we not be, we might not be talking about this to other people. We not, we might not be, you know, gossiping out loud. But it, this, these might be in our head. And I think to break this this cycle of negativity, we need to get in the habit of praising others for the things they deserve to be praised. I think it's important to make an effort to praise and compliment in the process. Uh, you, you know, you will be able to be appreciated and become well liked in the process of also building your self confidence. So it's 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 everything is working in order. You have to break the cycle of negativity, and I think praising people for the things that they do well is important because it allows you to show to the other people that you're grateful of them and grateful of their input and what they contribute to your life. But look, people will appreciate that. People will be grateful for you. And they will, they will tend to you know, show more love and, and more favoritism towards you in terms of you, know, you as an individual. And that in itself is the process of building self-esteem. But let's, let's take this even deeper. By looking for the best in others, you bring out the best in yourself. I'm going to say it again. By looking for the best in others, you bring out the best in yourself. Now, one thing that I do and I've done for a while now is to be grateful about the people that are around me. Look at what makes them successful. Look at what makes them a good person. Look what makes them a look at what makes them a moral person. Take those lessons that I've learned from these individuals throughout my life, whether it's people in my family, my friend group, my acquaintances, whatever it might be. Look at the best in them and say, I want to add this aspect of, you know, to my life. And the thing is, like, the more you surround yourself with people that are confident, surround yourself by people that are um, go-getters, people that are trying to make an effort to grow, the more it'll bring the best out of you. So I think it's important to realize that you might have a negative feelings about yourself. And like I said, we often project that feeling onto others in forms, like I said, of insults and gossip and uh, you're not taking people seriously. But we have to break the cycle of negativity. And the best way to do that is look for the best in others and then you'll be able to bring out the best in yourself. Um, another really important thing when we talk about School or meetings. Um, one thing at school that I tended to do later on when I was, you know, working on my self confidence is sitting in the front row, sitting directly in the front row. So, like I said, in universities, meetings, you know, around the world, pe people constantly strive to sit in the back of the room and kind of coast, you know, just coast through the meeting, coast through the class, whatever it may be. Not, you know, they're trying to be in a non active participant. You know, like I said, most people are afraid, or not, excuse me, most people prefer the back because of this inherent, you know, fear that they might be noticed, that people might look to them for something or a question or whatever it might be. But by declining to sit in the front row, you can get over this, or by, excuse me, by, by deciding to sit in the front row, you can get over this irrational fear and build your self-confidence. So you you also be able to, you know, be more visible to keep people, you know, talking from the front of the room. Um, if, you know, you might be, you might be, you know, consulted on a question or asked about certain things, uh, particularly that might 
change the direction of the project or the class or whatever it might be, or the, the way class discussion, or way, whatever it might be, right? So now you have other people looking to you. That in tandem will help build your self-confidence. I think it's important to, 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 to have that up, have that happen. And, you know, to go back to, to what I was saying about speaking up, because I think, I think I want to cover a little bit more about that. Um, most people are, have those fears when they're in group discussions. Most people have the fears that they will, you know, the fear that people will judge them for saying something dumb or something that they, they disagree with. Um, but I think we need to realize that fear is really irrational because if you have good people that you surround yourself with and you have good friends that you surround yourself with and family members, whoever it might be, realizing that people are more accepting than we would imagine, way more accepting than we would imagine. So I think it's important to take into, into, into effect there. And I, I forgot to mention that, but I think that's really essential. And like I said, most people are dealing with the exact same fears as, you know, you out there. So, but like I said, by, by making an effort to speak up, and that, it doesn't even have to be every time. It can just be at least once in every group discussion. You'll become a better public speaker and more confident in your own thoughts and your own ways of deliberating things. And I, I mentioned that, but I think it's essential to, to talk about it again because you can't dwell on your fears. You just have to conquer them. And yeah, when, when you focus too much on what you want, the mind creates reasons why you can't have it. And then this leads you to dwell on your weaknesses. Therefore, you know, a great strategy to avoiding this is focusing on everything you have to be grateful for. And I, again, I want to touch on some of these things again because there are, like I said, a handful of these things, but I, I don't think people are taking this seriously. You have, to you have to recall the past successes, the unique skills, the loving relationships. Those are the things you have to recall in your brain. And then say, I am grateful for this. I am grateful for this individual. I am grateful for the success. I am grateful for my skills. Because if you don't take time to pat yourself on the back and realize the things in your life are actually not as bad as you think they are, and you can't never grow and make things better. I would also make the make the statement that you have to focusing on contribution. Focus on contributing. So a lot of the times, and you know, we focus on too much on ourselves and not on the needs of others. And sometimes it can cause us to completely drop the ball when it can't and it comes to being a good friend or being a good family member. If you stop and think about yourself and if you you know and then concentrate on the contribution you are making to the rest of the world, to your family, to your work group, to your school group, you won't worry as much about your own flaws. You just won't. Because you have other things to worry about. If you want to make the world a better place, if you want to change the world, you know, piece by piece, if you want to change your family, if you want to, you know, these are endeavors that people have tried over and over again and have failed miserably at. I think it's essential to, to realize that, you know, our self-confidence cannot be taken away from our contribution to the world. And the more responsibility you introduce into your life, the more meaningful it will feel. And the more meaning you have in your life, the more ability you have to be grateful and thus build your self-confidence. You, you must realize that we are beings of self-doubt. We are beings of... We are beings that tend to look at the worst in ourselves and others and not take stock or not take inventory of the things that make us wonderful, the, the things that make us 
you know, able to change people's lives and the ability for us to change a situation, change a moment. I don't think we, I don't think we take, take inventory of how important we can be to ourselves and to others. And the only way to make a lasting impact on the world, on your family, on your friends, your loved ones, to have the self-confidence. You have to have the self-confidence. You know, building self-confidence in times of doubt, I know a lot of people view this as a time of doubt, whether it's because of internal things or external things. People view this time as a time of doubt. And I understand that. I understand where they're coming from. But we have to build the self-confidence and face our fears. And then hopefully through that, we can help others build the self-confidence and face their fears. And then we can all grow together. And, you know, to quickly touch on the the 10 things that I, I mentioned, uh, I can help you build your self-confidence. And remember this. Dress sharp because if you dress, you know, sharp, you haven't you, you create a new self-image, and this self-image is something that you can be happy with, something that you feel like you can grow with. And you know, if you just think of a person that exudes self-confidence and success, you can think of the way they look. You know, dressing sharp. That's a part of it. I mentioned walking faster in order to not have – so when you walk slow and you're dragging your feet behind you, you tend to drag your life behind you as well. You're not walking – you're not – I mean you're, the way you physically act has a lot to do with the way you mentally think. And if you're not walking with purpose, do you can – you, can you have a purpose? I don't know. Having good posture is important. One, I mean, and these things are for health too. I mean, having good posture is really important for your health, for your back, for your everything. But it also allows you to look at the world fully, not to be looking at the pavement or looking at the ground or the carpet, to look at the world, experience the world, take in the world, appreciate the world, have gratitude for the world. And that goes into the next one, having gratitude. You know, you have to have gratitude. For the people in your life, for your skills, for your abilities, and for your opportunity to grow. You have to have that gratitude. You know, and a big part of having gratitude is complimenting other people. And through that compliments, through the way you treat other people and let them know that what they're doing is make is good. What they're doing is, is changing the way you think. What they're doing is adding value to your life. I think it's important to realize that. I mentioned sitting in the front row, whether it's in a meeting or at school, speaking up in group discussions, exercising, and then contributing to the world, to, to events. You know? Um, and finally, believing in yourself, having this you know, belief in yourself that you can be better, that you can make things better, that you can change your circumstance that you can change your life it's important and it's essential for us to understand that and i i I just want to end on uh, we talked about the skills you know the 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 building the skills that you can help build yourself your self-confidence but you know like i mentioned the personality traits of a confident person a self-confident person is they're self-assured they're ambitious they're sociable they're competitive they're risk-taking hard-working determined they're accepting of their of their circumstances, whether good or bad. They're positive. They're shrewd. And, you know, these these are things that we can look at, can respect in the other people. And I, I mean one thing you can do is look at the people that you respect as leaders. Do they exhibit these these characteristics? If the answer is yes, see how you can put these characteristics and these, you know, traits in your own and apply them in your own personality. And, you know, a big thing about self-confidence is, is happiness. Like you, if you have happiness, you can continue 
to go on and conquer any obstacle in your way and build you know upon what you've already had and built upon your ideas, your hopes, your dreams, your goals. So I want to thank you for listening to me today, talk about self-confidence in times of doubt. And I want to end on this quote, learn to value yourself, which means fight for your happiness. Thank you and have a wonderful day. 